1: The worst that can happen to me is I end up being as poor as I started, and I know what it's like to live life that poor. So when you have that kind of life, you really, you take chances because you're like, well, if I don't, then what's the point? This is Death sex.
0: And money. In a couple years, that old son's going to burn out and we're all going to be dead. The show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot. I was in love with a man who could never love me back. And need to talk about more. These people work very hard for their money. I'm Anna Sale. Comedian Cristela Alonzo is the youngest of four kids. They were raised by a single mom in South Texas, where they lived in an
1: abandoned diner. There was no running water, no electricity. Um, This family that lived next to the diner would basically lend us electricity, and we would have an extension cord. So my mom used to cook our food on a space heater. Growing up that poor motivated Christella. It's also
0: what a lot of her jokes are about, in the sitcom she created and in her latest comedy special.
1: Back when I was growing up, you could feed a family of four back in the day for like 20 bucks. Family of four, 20 bucks. But if you want to make a salad at home, boom, $1,000. <laughs> I went to Whole Foods. My God, that store should have layaway. What the fuck are we doing?
0: I want to start with the name of your special, Lower Classy. Yes. Uh, which I think is one of the all-time great names for a comedy <laughs> special.
1: Is that, is that how you think of yourself now? No uh i well in certain situations i do actually uh, i feel like i'm made to feel like that in certain situations but you know i chose lower classy because i like i like talking about where i came from to show people why i am the way i am now you know like so many people feel bad for me that i grew up poor it's like no 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 i i i'm actually really good right now like, I, I actually, I, I did I did okay. I, the, the poverty I grew up with actually made me want to work really hard to not ever be that poor again. So
0: right now, do you feel upper-middle classy?
1: Upper right classy? now, no. Actually, right now, I feel lower-middle. Like, for me to say middle is a big deal because oh. for me, it's just, I have money. I have the kind of money where I can go into, like, a Target and just go on my own pretty woman shopping spree. You know, I feel Fill the heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's like for I'm me. I'm going to the clothing section now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm like, bring me that Massimo. I can afford it. You know what I mean? It's like, look at you, fancy lady.
0: <laughs> Christella was born in Texas. Her mom moved there from Mexico without her husband. She left him after finding out he was having an affair.
1: My dad actually thought that he could get away with having two families. And my mom said, nope, you're not doing that. Nope, nope, nope. When she told him that she was pregnant with me, he didn't want me. And he left to the other family, and I never saw him. And I've I, I never met him in my life.
0: Never met him? Nope. So your mother has three little kids and a newborn. Mm-hmm. And is a single mom. Mm-hmm. Who in the States, like who, who in, in, in the part of Texas that you were living in, who was part of her community?
1: No one. She had no one. And that's actually what I think was very heartbreaking. She worked at a restaurant and she would kind of socialize with the women that she worked with, but she worked double shifts. You know, my mom would make 150 bucks a week. You know, working these double shifts, she didn't have a lot of free time. She was trying to survive and trying to get us to survive. She had no community. She had no—she had nothing. And you can tell how hard it was on her.
0: Christella's mom was also trying to live under the radar while she waited for her immigration papers to be finalized. That wasn't an uncommon situation in their border town, where a lot of people lived on the margins.
1: You know, in my neighborhood, uh everybody, I want to say that uh 70% of the people in my area live well below the poverty line. Uh having said that though, we were the poor kids of the poor kids. That was my family. Is it strange for
0: you now as an adult to go into a diner?
1: No, you know, it's uh, funny. I it's not. Actually, I didn't realize I didn't realize I lived in a diner till I was in my 20s and told the story. Hmm. And then some of my friends were like, "Wait a minute, you grew up in a diner?" And I was like, "No, no, no, I wasn't a diner because it, it was so it was so non functioning and so decrepit that like you couldn't even yeah and, there wasn't like a counter exactly you know and so right. yeah so it's it, it's funny like I remember calling my I remember calling my brothers and my you know and I think my mom and asking her. And they're like, yeah, stupid. It was a diner. Like, <laughs> stupid. Like, God, you're dumb. Like, you're like, why are you so dumb? Like, are you I really was stupid? four. Exactly. You know, it's like, I was, exactly. I'm like, I barely knew colors and shapes. You know?
0: <laughs> when Christella was seven, her mom was able to move the
1: family out of the diner and into a house. She also bought a couch. And every picture you see of us growing up, none of us are sitting on that couch because my mom didn't want the couch to age. You know, it's like like for her, it was such a trophy that she could afford this couch. You know, it's like that's kind of how I grew up. Everything that we had, everything that we bought was always really taken care of and cherished like hell because we couldn't believe that we were getting these things. So one year, my mom, single mom, tried to do her version of Santa Claus, right? I wake up. There's a gift wrap box with a card that says Santa Claus. I look at my mom. She's like, I am Santa Claus. (laughs) What? I am Santa Claus. Merry Christmas. (laughs) No, no, no. I did not bust my butt. So this white guy takes credit for my shit. I am Santa Claus. Me. Ho, ho, ho.
0: When, when you were growing up, was your mom always working the double shifts as a in yes, restaurants? Yes,
1: absolutely, uh, absolutely. And who took
0: care of you when
1: you were home? My sister took care of me, and then she eloped when she was eighteen years old. She ran off and got married with her boyfriend, and my brothers kind of took over. But my brothers were also um, responsible for helping out with the family, so they had to get work. So I became a latchkey kid. I would say at like maybe four, six. I would stay by myself, and I used to watch TV all day. TV was my best friend growing up. It's kind of like a, do you remember the Gilda Radner character where she kind of has her own talent show by herself in her room? She's like a little girl. Yeah. I, like, that was me as a kid. Oh. Like, I was by myself. I, I'd create these little shows by myself. I mean, it, I, it was kind of—it's weird. Now looking back, I realize that me, I'm very similar to my mom where I never had a community— I never really had a group of people. I was really kind of always by myself.
0: Christella's obsession with TV turned into a love for theater when a middle school teacher signed her up for a class. She started traveling to do theater competitions in high school and was winning. That helped her go off to college in St. Louis.
1: I actually never thought I was going to go to college, and uh, I was told that I would probably not go to college You know, by by my mom. Um, A lot of times in my family, the parents pick the kid that will take care of them when they're older, and my mom picked me, which means that my entire life, uh, I always knew that if she ever got sick, I would always have to put my life on hold to take care of her because she chose me. It's kind of like winning a really like resentful lottery in a way. (laughs) You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's a, you know, so, And that's exactly what happened. I went to college uh, at 18, and I was there for a year. And my mom got sick. And uh, I had to drop out. And my sister needed help with the kids. And, you know, my mom told me, this is family. You have to quit your life. You have to take care of me, or you have to take care of your sister's kids. Christella went back
0: to Texas to help her mom. But she couldn't stop thinking about becoming an actress. She left home again when she was 20, but instead of going back to college, she headed to LA in a red Chevy Cavalier. She wasn't there long, though. Christella got a call that her mom had gotten sick again.
1: No one told me she was dying until I got home. When I saw her, she ended up getting better. And my mom believed that seeing me saved her life because she loved me so much. My goodness. She asked me to not go back to L.A. and stay with her and take care of her, and I did. We ended up moving in with my sister. I shared, like, a little tiny room with her because she had heart problems. She was uh, constantly in pain. So I never really slept because she would spend the night uh, moaning. She was in pain, and I, I was sleeping next to her. And that was my life for about, I would say, close to a year and then finally, um, she got sick, had an ambulance. I, I went to the hospital with her. I, I was in the emergency room with her. And um, after surgery, we had to. Uh, she didn't improve, and you know, we had to sign the papers to turn off the machines. And I remember, I uh, I think I was the only one in my family that could stand to be near her, I, like in the room. They didn't want to be in the room when it when it happened, and I was in the doorway. And um, I I couldn't get closer to her. My body would not allow me to be as close. And I just stood in that doorway, just looking at my mom, just kind of slipping away.
0: Towards the end, Christelle learned that her mom had had several strokes over many years. But they didn't know, because her mom never went to the doctor. Christella's mother was 57 years old when she died. Christella was 22. Coming up, Christella tries to restart her career after her mother's death, but not before she makes
1: a big mistake. I blew a 0.24. Oh, that's a lot of alcohol. Yeah, that is a lot of alcohol. And I feel really that's probably one of the worst things I think I've ever done.
0: We heard from a lot of you after our Breakups episode came out last week. And for some of you, it prompted some big life decisions, but not all about romantic relationships. Right after listening, our listener Cindy told us I submitted my resignation at work. Nothing was changing, and it was definitely toxic. Thanks for the push I needed. We also saw a lot of you adding to our Breakup Survival Kit Google Doc, including lots of suggestions for the Things to Watch section. And inspired by that, tonight on February 22nd, let's watch a classic breakup movie together, 10 Things I Hate About You. Cue up your Netflix stream, and at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, we'll all press play together. I'll be tweeting along with the hashtag DSMMovieNight, and I hope you'll join in all the infos on our Facebook page. And I have one other cool thing to tell you about. We wanted to add some real-time, person-to-person advice for your breakup survival needs. So next Friday, March 3rd, I'll be taking your calls live with two of my favorite past guests, musicians Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires. We'll be talking in Nashville, the heartache capital of the world. The last time I talked with Jason and Amanda, they opened up about the ups and downs in their relationship.
1: I had to go through a series of trials, Herculean trials, before she would actually say that we were, you know, that I was her boyfriend. It's when, like, we were playing in the field, it was just like, uh, she just didn't know she could trust me. It's hard to trust somebody who's
0: out carousing every night, you know? Now it's your turn to call us and talk to Jason, Amanda, and me about what relationship dilemmas or post-breakup feelings you're sorting through. We'll be streaming the call-in special on Facebook Live at 3 p.m. Eastern on Friday, March 3rd. All those details are also on our Facebook page. I can't wait to talk with you. just been looking for a reason to visit New York City, come on June 11th for this show. You can get tickets now at tribecafilm.com slash death, sex, money. We are so excited to see you there. This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. After her mom died, Cristela Alonzo found work at a comedy club in Dallas. She started learning about stand-up. And about alcohol,
1: I had just started drinking, so it was kind of like a new thing for me to drink because my family doesn't drink, you know. So, oh, it's, so you were like learning how to drink. Yes, at yes, your yes, most yes, yes, moment. absolutely. So it's it's that thing where like I was uh, I was going through a very painful part of my life, but I was also kind of um, kind of I kind of felt like a teenager at times, you know. Like you know, it's like I'm learning things that other people have been doing for years now. That was my way of doing it, especially because I worked at a bar. So it was so convenient. One night I got really, really drunk and out of habit because I used to talk to her every day when I wasn't near her. I called her number and it was disconnected. And I realized, like, that's when it hit me that my mom was gone. And uh, I got a DUI that night and I, I deserved it. Did they, did they take you in? Did you go to the police station? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. I was taken to the police station. I was uh, there overnight. I remember waking up the next day thinking uh, I was dreaming because I was in a jail cell. And I went back to sleep. And then I woke up and I realized that it was uh, a real thing. My sister had uh, had um, posted bail, but no one in my family would pick me up from the police station. They made me walk home as punishment. So, I had to walk six miles that day because I had no cash, no anything, you know, nothing. I had to walk back home because no one, like, no one would pick me up just to teach me a lesson.
0: What do you remember thinking and feeling during those six miles of walking?
1: You know, it's weird. I was walking and I was so depressed because I thought, my God, now I have a DUI. Like, so now I have no mom, I'm an orphan, and now rock bottom. It was around this time
0: that Cristela started getting up on stage at the comedy club where she worked. Performing felt good, and stand-up gave her a way to talk about her mom.
1: I'm not very girly, and I come from an old-school Mexican family that they expect you to always wear makeup and be dressed up, you know? My mom would be like, mija, why aren't you wearing makeup? Because I'm going to bed, dude. It's like late.
0: Cristela started meeting other comics and doing stand-up on the road. She eventually decided to move back to L.A. She wrote for TV and performed on Last Comic Standing. Then she came up with an idea for her own show. She called it Cristela. She pitched it to ABC.
1: And I remember they passed on the pilot and I thought, well, I'm going to go back to doing stand-up. Why not? I had, a week, I had a week in San Antonio. I remember that. I was uh, on the plane, had no Wi-Fi. I landed and I, got, I had all these calls on my phone. And the producer of the show, she called me and she said, you know, I just feel like there's something here.
0: So even though ABC passed on the pitch, Christella and her producer decided to make the pilot anyway. They had a tiny budget and used the set of an existing sitcom, a Tim Allen show.
1: The crew worked overnight and changed the set to kind of make it look different and pretty much donated their time. And the audience was packed with people that, like, that knew me from stand-up. And I remember that night, I came out, we shot the pilot, and the first scene, everybody laughed, and you kind of knew that we had something special. There's something different about this show. On
0: her show, Christella plays a young law student who has to move home to take care of her mother. One of the pilot's earliest scenes is Christella's character waiting for a job interview at a law office, where she's mistaken for a janitor. <laughs>
1: Is this really happening? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I am so sorry. Obviously, you're not the cleaning crew. (laughs) Can you validate me? (laughs) I think you've been validated enough. (laughs) The audience was predominantly Latino, and they got jokes that the network didn't get reading the pilot. And uh, basically... Because they passed on the pilot, the network and the studio couldn't give us notes because we were doing it on our own. So, so you had creative control. Absolutely. And then, then we turned it in, and it turns out they liked the pilot. So all of a sudden, this pilot, this long shot, we're like the Bad News Bears, we're the underdogs. We're still kind of in the running. And finally, I get the call, and I and they tell me that the show's been picked up. Do you remember what you did after getting that call? I actually cried for a really long time. Uh, I cried a lot because um, everything that I've done with my career, I every time I get like a break, I always think of my mom uh, before anything else.
0: At that point in your career, were you feeling financially secure Were you able to support yourself through your performing?
1: No, I was actually very broke, and I was actually in the middle uh, of—I was preparing to move back to Texas. I had given up. Really? I uh, was—yeah, I was doing stand-up. I was doing college gigs, and uh, my boyfriend at the time, we were so broke, we had to borrow money from his parents— to keep, kind of keep going as long as we could. Our, our friends gave us money to kind of keep going because they kind of believed in what we were both trying to do. This is like help with rent money? Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is rent money. This is this is bills. This is You know what I mean? This is gas. I mean, we were—I mean, I was pretty broke. Even when I was developing the show and we shot the pilot, I wasn't getting paid for the pilot. Like, the, the cast—we paid the cast. I didn't get paid anything. When we got the show picked up and I had to go to Upfronts, I bought a dress, wore it, and then I had to return it because I couldn't afford the dress. Really? Yeah. That's how broke I was.
0: Where'd you buy the dress from? J. Crew. I won't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Christella, the show premiered in late 2014 and critics loved Christella, the person. The show named after her, though, got panned. After 22 episodes with disappointing ratings, ABC canceled it.
1: I was really proud of the stories we told because they were very uh, personal to me. At the same time, though, I find it really surprising at how critical people were of my life. As a Latino show, as a, a show with a Latino family, I... Um, for some reason, we have to represent all Latinos. And if, one, and if Latinos see uh, my show and they don't resonate with, you know, they, they don't really connect with what I'm trying to say, they say that I'm being stereotypical or like, my family's not like that. Well, it's not about your family. That's why the name of the show is Cristela. It's like, this is my family. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't see Roseanne and think that all white moms are like that. Like, that's just Roseanne. I mean, I'm talking about a specific demographic, which is a Mexican family from South Texas, the show set in Dallas, and even then I can't represent all South Texan Mexicans because we are all different, you know? So when I look back, it, it was interesting to not get the support that I thought I was going to get because my career, I think I've, I've been pretty much known for being very honest about where I come from and how I lived. What's your mood
0: about your career right now?
1: My mood is that I'm so picky. And uh, I was actually working on developing a new show this year, actually. And then after the election, I pulled out of the deal because I wanted to wait a year to see what the climate would be like politically throughout the country. I didn't want to develop and put so much effort on a show that maybe the network would be too frightened to put on the air. Christelle has also taken the last
0: few years to focus on herself. She broke up with her longtime boyfriend after 10 years together.
1: I've never been, I've never really been single. You know what I mean? It's like I grew up with my family, family obligation, family obligation. I met my, uh, my boyfriend in Dallas. We were both, you know, doing stand-up. We, you know, I moved to L.A., he moves with me, he lives with me. So I've never really been alone. And trust me, my life is not like Sex in the City at all. They lied. Because, like, <laughs> like, they lied. But you know what? I kind of like, like living by myself. Yeah. Because, honestly, it's like when you have a job where you talk to people all the time, it's kind of nice to have that moment where you can be in your little cave, you know. And, like, I'll, uh, this is my thing. Like, I'll buy, like, a Lego set and I'll build Legos by myself. In my apartment, like I bought the, you will, yeah, like I bought the Lego Batcave set, and it's Bruce Wayne Manor with like Batcave and like the Batcave and the Batmobile. I will sit and build Legos, and I just put on music, and I just go to town. That's kind of what I like to do. <laughs>
0: That's Cristela Alonzo. You can watch her latest special, Lower Classy, on Netflix. The 22 episodes of her show, Cristela, are there, too. She's also a voice in the next Cars animated movie. Her character is named Cruz Ramirez. <music> Death, Sex, and Money is a listener-supported production of WNYC Studios in New York. I'm based at the Center for Investigative Reporting in Emeryville, California. The team includes Katie Bishop, Chester Jesus Soria, Emily Botin, Andrew Dunn, and Chase Colpon. Our intern is Adriana Rush. The Reverend John Delour and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. I'm on Twitter at Anna Sale. The show is at Death, Sex, Money. And don't forget, tonight, February 22nd, let's watch the classic breakup movie, 10 Things I Hate About You, together. All the details are on our Facebook page. I'll be using the hashtag Night as I watch with you. Back when Christella would spend hours in front of her TV, she says one of her favorite shows was Golden Girls. She even got sent to the principal's office because she wouldn't stop singing the theme song in class.
1: I love this show so much, I even did it in Spanish. Like, gracias por ser mi amigo. <laughs> like, I, you know, like, I used to do it, like, that's how much I loved it. I sat down and translated the song in Spanish. That's how much I loved it.
0: I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC.